Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? Is going great. Yeah, we're uh, we're locked down in Ontario right now, so we're doing a lot of training inside. But it's also winter in in Canada, so that's that's okay. And I was gonna say, I think I'd be training inside regardless on a day like today, where there's just enough snow outside to make running slushy. Ontario and... tends to have that a lot in the not so much. You know, now we're getting into the heart of the winter. You would hope that we're we would be very much into winter, but it's right now very mild out so it's that in between almost shoulder season slush dirty snow you guys can't see the look i'm giving peter for the ontario version of Uh, my jersey girl loves the snow so she does with that said we're looking at bad workouts today um you know this is the idea i said this to molly a few weeks ago and it's sort of we have a article now around you know why you need bad workouts i think that's the title is that the working title or the actual title actual title okay and, you know, bad's almost in quotation marks with this, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the first thing that we should maybe talk about before we get into why you need bad workouts is what exactly do we mean when we say a bad workout? And I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways that a workout could be considered bad, I guess, just depending on who you ask. Yeah, I, I think the important thing here is that we're we're saying you need these these bad workouts so whatever you're calling a bad workout what we're going to try and do today is sort of talk through why those an import those are important and try and reframe it so indeed you don't have bad workouts but you you still have those same workouts (laughs) i like it i like it yeah and so we're starting down this path of thinking about consistency number one uh, you know, we had Dan Cleather on talking a lot about consistency in his, his book, The Little Black Book of Training is one I recommend often if someone's looking for sort of a overarching just training principles book. So that's a, a good one to to think about here in this idea of consistency and that we see this time and time again in different systems, different, you know, elite performers that one of the biggest predictors of success is consistently showing up. So in my own philosophy, we have this idea of 80% as a passing grade. We have 90% of life is showing up. So you're just, you just got to show up, you know, and time and time again, you see this, it's people, you know, they, they set new year's resolutions or they join a program or they do this thing and they're just not there in a month, in a year, in 10 years. Right. Actually, I think we are coming up on the, the day that is like the most common for quitting new year's resolutions. Yeah. You were saying maybe the 23rd. I think it's around the 23rd. See, I thought it was the 15th. I was much, I was a week ahead. I was more pessimistic. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And it's not that quitting's bad. That's a whole other topic. But this idea that, you know, you, you need to just keep showing up and it will get better. Right. But we want to think about our goal roughly, which might just be to exercise and that you know, there's less shoulds and less rules in that case. Right. But also just thinking about what our expectations are for these workouts that are, are bad. Right. What are we trying to get out of them? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you know, I've been talking a lot with my sister who we're actually going to have on the podcast because she recently got into, into running and into, you know, walk running and she's had some incredible results. Great transformation. Yeah. You know, when I think about her and you know, what, what used to constitute a bad workout or, you know, what now looks like a, a good workout or a bad workout, like it's kind of a constantly evolving process, you know, 
a few months ago, a bad workout for her was that she was struggling to run, you know, one corner of the soccer field. Like she just couldn't get through the whole thing. And, you know, now a bad workout for her is when, you know, running a mile takes over 12 minutes or something. And those bad workouts or are those just her workouts? Well, she'd come home and like, you know, feel kind of crappy about those. Like, you know, she'd have ones where running the one quarter of the soccer field was not easy, but it was doable. And then she'd have days where that felt super hard or it didn't go well. Right. Um, you know, and, and she'd be looking at it like it was like it was bad. Um, so I think I guess what I'm trying to say is that the bad workout can kind of keep shifting as you progress or as you slide back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, as well, we're talking and about I guess, bad workouts, so, the definition is just going to keep changing. Right. And I guess the idea there is that the the bad is that it's not the goal yet. Yeah. It's not yet the goal, which is the purpose of training is our point A to point B. You're in the journey between. So if we even set our expectations that we're not where we're trying to go, right? We're all in this constant changing flux, I guess, right? Flux is change. And that's what we're doing. And then I think also the point of training is to elicit some sort of breakdown, right? Usually that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to fatigue ourselves. We're trying to, you know, tear muscle. We're trying to hit a point of maybe form failure, um, you know, some sort of change, right? In fact, as in, in more elite level athlete workouts, what you'll often see is it's not a, a five by five. It's actually like go until you can't hold this output. You know, you fade a certain amount, you know, you're going to ride at a certain wattage until heart rate changes a certain amount or lactate changes a certain amount. You know, there's a lot more variable, you know, based on the, the organism, the athlete, you know, as far as when failure happens. And indeed the purpose is a failure, right? We do this in strength training. This is very common, right? You do five sets of five but the last set might be a three right you drop right. the weight <laughs> and, and then what do we do next week right and that wouldn't be a bad workout if you drop the like last set at three no it's the purpose of the workout mm-hmm. is to have a load that is challenging and then you come back next week and i think that's you know one of the overarching things we want to talk about is, is having a goal yes which is you know the why you know this is our nebulous why but just some sort of plan and that's often you know a couple facebook discussions here recently some twitter things talking to clients we're doing phone consults and a lot of times that's where the frustration comes from is it's you know we're on zwift or we're doing this workout thing and there's not really any progression any sort of like training you know in that we're following a plan we could call it a plan you don't have to call it a plan but you know i'm doing five by five this week and again that last set i don't know if that's clear is that is that a good example five five sets of five i'm lifting something up five times and doing it five sets right but the last set, I can only do three. And so next week I can come back and my goal for that session that week even might be to do that push for four or five on the last one, right? right. Or, or push the weight up or change something. Right? And so you could do this with bike intervals. A lot of our listeners are, are cyclists, right? So maybe it makes more sense to say, you know, I did three sets, three intervals that were 10 minutes long and I did 300 watts, 300 watts, and then 290 and it got really hard. So often I'll see it failure, absolute, like, you know, put in your favorite swear word, you know, just berating ourselves. And I do this. This isn't me on a pedestal. I've, you know, the same thoughts, everyone has them. It's how we interpret them and how we react, right? Get upset with yourself. Maybe you quit. Maybe you only do six minutes because it was 290, not 300, right? Right. Still in the zone. It's still 
you know, that's the purpose was to get to a challenging interval, right? This is what we're preparing for. Races get hard. Lap times get hard. Lap times fade. You know, we're training. We're preparing for something, right? So the idea then is that then you come back next week, you know? So often that's what I'll do is, you know, we'll have our perfect progression of intervals. Maybe the next week was supposed to be a three by 12. You know, we had three by 10, three by 12. But then maybe the next week we actually just keep three by 10, right? And we just say, okay, well, let's try and hold 300 through that, right? And, and just stay at that level for a bit longer. And so that's the idea, right? Is that we're trying to almost, it's like a game. It's almost like play, right? It's a little more structured than play, but it, it should be in this like idea of like, we're just trying to practice the thing that we're trying to get better at. Okay. So why do we need a bad workout? Like what? What makes it better that I did this 290 instead of getting the 300? Well, I guess the part of the consistency is that, you know, you're going to build fatigue. You're going to be doing things uh, a lot. So I, I think if you don't have any bad workouts, then, you know, I don't know. Are, are you not pushing your limits, right? Well, that's actually what I've been thinking a lot about as far as goal setting goes. Um, you know, if, if every workout is a win, if you nail every single workout, especially like where there's, where there's a specific number concerned. I mean, if we're just talking about like perceived exertion, you know, which a lot of my intervals are, so it's pretty easy to say like I did them, but you know, if you can't hold that 300, for example, like to me, that's a good thing because it means you've set the goal and it's actually a hard one to get to. And it might take a few tries, Right. but if you're kind of, if you actually, you know, have gone to like. 310 without a problem and like you held that for the 10 minutes and you're like best workout ever to me i'd be like okay well clearly we didn't set the numbers particularly right in this case because you yeah know, it should be hard yeah and i think it's okay to have good workouts we're not saying that and i no, think that's great one of the overarching principles here and expectations is that some days of the week you know this might be the day after your off day is a maybe a high intensity or a focused day, a more challenging day. And that day you would expect to be rested and, and feel a little better, you know, more ready, more amped up. You know, we try and position that workout in your day so that you're, you know, it's, you haven't worked all day maybe. And you're, you know, that's the focus of the day. If we have that, that, uh, flexibility, but the, the catch I often see is that then tomorrow, you know, and this happens with Swift or it's someone who's not on a plan, usually you would do a lower intensity day, a lower focus day the next day where it's just, yeah, go run Molly and you just need to run for three hours or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever level you're at, that could be an hour, but it's just an hour. Keep it easy. You know, ideally feeling is going to guide a lot of that and you still may feel like junk. We almost expect that you feel like junk, especially, you know, if you're doing a good job on those higher focus days, I'm not going to just say high intensity. That could be you know, just a longer day. Like you might've done for you often, you'll do a Saturday that's like long and hard trail, but then you'll have a shorter, relatively shorter day Sunday, right? That's, I think how yours often yep, is. Still fairly long on Sunday, but not like, it's not a rest day. It's just like almost a normal. And you see that I think with running a lot, right? Is it's a pretty challenging day again, volume or intensity, or maybe a bit of both. And then something the next day that's still volume-ish, like really do you have intervals on that second day? but it's still just like go and run for a, a distance or a time or whatever. Right. And, and so that's the idea. So, so sometimes we can actually avoid some of the bad workouts a by planning, or we could call that periodizing, you know, high, low off is something we've talked about and sort of that sort of general pattern. 
Yeah, we talk about that actually a bunch in in our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete. Sort of just if you're not on a specific training plan, at least try to get on that kind of training cycle. I think, yes, I I think exactly. And then going from that, your expectations should probably be guided, right? So you might say, oh, I really didn't feel great in that endurance. And that's great. Like this is what we should be recognizing. Uh, but then also you, you, you know, yesterday was really, really good today. Often what happens is that we're very tired. Right. And what you also might do in this, and this gets into another point we have here on our our board of topics is the idea of the training log. And this could be a journal. This could be whatever, right? It doesn't have to be like, I use training peaks. It's sort of an online thing that sort of syncs with your, you know, if there's any data files or whatever, they have a mobile app. And what I try and get athletes to do is move from a, I did my workout on Zwift and the computer crashed, right? Very robotic. So I didn't do my workout. What I love to see, and my some of my clients who've been with me for a long time are, are very good at this. And I just, I, I say, tell a story. I always tell, you know, I tell the story of me being in grade four or something. I think it was grade four. That was my favorite teacher. And, and she taught us how to tell a story. And there was the sort of who, what, where, why, when, how, how many. And I always add how much. And you don't have to use all of those keywords. But for the people that aren't, you know, familiar with telling a story and they're very like, you know, maybe they only tell me what or they only say nothing or they only say crummy workout, poor workout. The only comments you ever get is crummy. You know, I'm bad. But what we're looking for is, oh, I was riding in the basement, but then the kids came in and they were bugging me. And I, this is what I watched on TV. And then, you know, my, you know, spouse was training beside me and we had a good, com- or like my spouse, you know, actually it was sort of, they were breathing really heavy. It was annoying. Um, you know, the trainer maybe broke, it was really hot. You know, this is what, you know, I maybe ate too soon before. So some of these things, you're not going to say all of this at once, but some of these things are what then lead to the good or bad workout. So we're trying to reflect on this and suggest that next time, next week, when we go for our three by 10, I think I'll maybe have a little lighter breakfast, right? Or, or maybe I'll, I'll look into see how I can get this room cooled down a little bit and get us that third fan on the back that uh, Jim Rutberg was telling us about, right? Oh yeah. The third fan. A lot of, a lot of listeners have added a third fan, right? And this is, you know, this is performance enhancing, right? And, and this gets into then, so we have our training log and then in our book, uh, becoming a consummate athlete, that's so much of the book is about these, these other things that are not the thing. Um, you know, getting a fan. This is what you call a, a rock slide habit, I think. I think I can categorize it as that. I think so, yeah. Getting your getting your little pain cave. Or so, yeah, pain cave, well, I, I feel like. Is yeah, the, what the I like about this habit is it, it's not, it's once you have the fan until it breaks or someone steals your fan or, you know, we I can never find our fans. They get put in different parts of the They're house. literally right in front yeah. of you. I can see three of them. I have three now, technically. We, so we have our, where our above fan and then we have the little one. So I found the little one today. That was good. Um, and then we have a sliding door near where I usually train. So, you know, I can climate control that. Yeah, your life is so rough. Meanwhile, I'm upstairs where all the heat's rising on the treadmill, and I don't have any fan because someone is using every fan. Well, there you go. So Molly's Molly's story that she'll leave in her training log is a little more negative today, maybe. <laughs> um, but all that to say, you know, if I if you're feeling this way, you can reflect on that, right? And, and then you, the key, I think, is that we start brainstorming off of these good bad feelings which are very valid for solutions, right? And this is that solution focused mindset, you might call it, where we're saying, oh, 
next week I'm going to try and find a fan. Next week I'm going to see if I can turn the thermostat down. Next, I'm going to bring a bunch of ice packs down with me and some iced water and just work on my cooling strategy because there's nothing, you know, one client was at a, you know, with COVID and stuff, they went to up north basically. Uh, so they were at some other spot and they didn't have fans and it was really warm or something. Right. It's like, okay, well, sometimes you have to deal with that. Right. But what are some solutions that might you, know, you could also just not. Okay. So I think the other thing, you know, as you're talking about this client who's up north doing his training, I think, you know, the other thing is this idea of okay, he's up north. So he should be sticking to the exact same schedule that he had, you know, when he was home with all of his stuff in, you know, in his normal situation. Right. Um, and so you're I think, getting into the shoulds. Yeah. We will have to link to this in the show notes. We had Allison Pope Rodius, a sports psych, uh, you know, expert who's worked with Olympians, Olympic teams and everything. And one of her biggest thing things is, uh, you know, not using the phrase should, which is very difficult to do as soon as you've said it. Uh, try to catch yourself doing it. It's, it's really irritating. But right. it's an excellent point. Like. Yeah, and that's the myth of stress, uh, which is Bernstein, I think, is a book that I've always really liked. And there's a little process you can go through of thinking through these like shoulds and should nots. And often his his thing is that that's where stress usually comes because there's this difference between our expectations and, and reality, I guess, if you will, where I'm saying like I should be doing three hours right now. But then what are some reasons that like for the opposite is essentially his process. And so it would be like, well, we're locked up inside, you know. That's, that's the situation, right? So then you start thinking about, again, solution-focused mindset. What are some things that I can be working on, right? And, and would move, move me towards the long-term goal, whatever that is. It could be fuzzy. We talk about the fuzzy long-term goal. But, right, can I be working on, you know, pedal stroke technique, you know, get some running in. Yesterday I was hiking uphill on our treadmill. Um, you know, strength, right? It, strength we haven't been doing a ton of, and so now it's, you know, a good time to focus in and, and progress that for a few weeks. Yes, I think anytime you start kind of catching yourself doing the should, 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 and that being one of the reasons that you feel like every workout is bad or that a specific workout is bad, you know, just pause and think, why shouldn't that be true? And that kind of gets into the mental side of the bad workout. And I think that's that's kind of one of the, the big things we wanted to talk about. And I guess first and foremost, like it is important to have those quote unquote bad workouts where you are mentally struggling because... There's going to be a whole lot of moments in races where you're going to be struggling and it's going to suck and you're going to need to power through it. So in a lot of ways, bad workouts are excellent mental training for those race days if you actually finish them out. You said a lot of good things there and I'm not sure where Aww, which thanks, di- which direction I want to go. I, I guess the, the heart of training you know, is that we're preparing for something, some moment in the future, right? I call these maybe critical moments. You know, what are the critical moments in your race? So I think about there's the start in mountain biking is critical. There's also, DW's upset about something, I apologize. Uh, there's the, cr- the critical moments in mountain biking. There's the start, there's, you know, maybe mid-race, there's like, it's starting to get hard, but the finish line's pretty far away. So there's like a climb and you can start visualizing like what your breath is like, how hard it's feeling. Right. And it feels almost hopeless. Like you're so deep, but there's still three laps, four laps, eight laps left from 33 to 49% of the race is my like least favorite part of any race. Right. And this is the Valley of death. And so then when you look at an interval session for a client that struggles with the Valley of death, you know, their mid race slump, and then they can sprint as soon as they see the finish line, the last lap bell, 
you know, that's what their intervals will almost, I guarantee you, if you look at a three by 10, five by six, whatever you do for intervals, you know, your even your endurance rides, I bet you it's just like Smith. Oh, I'll never make it to the finish. And it's like, Oh wait, wait, the finish is actually there. <laughs> right. And so then, well, what is your goal for the next two? Well, intervals two and three should be quite hard and you should be pushing into the, you know, much deeper than you would want. And if you don't quite make it, that's our, our weightlifting example. The last set, it's going to be a fade and it's okay. Right. So this is like, I should not be fading. Well, why should you not be fading? There's a whole zone. Like, there's usually such a big range. It's completely fine. Right. And again, tomorrow you're going to go easy. So it doesn't matter. Right. And that's, that's the idea. We're just going to play with these, this interval set. Right. And that's try and make workouts where it's a little more playful and experimental. Yeah. So I guess the first thing is to basically embrace those sucky moments that make the workout feel bad. And try and tie them to what you're trying to get ready for. It could be just your group ride. It could be the hard hill you're visualizing in the neighborhood that you want to get up faster or easier in the in the future. You know, trying to connect that mental visualization and the why. Why am I struggling through interval three when I'm like want to get off and you know, can see the fridge is right there and you know DW is here. He wants to go outside. You know, why am I sitting on the rollers? Right. It's like you think about that moment that it's going to matter, right? And that way you're preparing your mental side of your body and your mind and your person. And then you're obviously preparing physically, right? That like when it starts burning and I want to quit, I'm going to edge myself a little further this week, right? Maybe it gets me to minute eight and then I fade a bit this week, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the idea is we're thinking about like, it's almost like learning transfer, right? When we're thinking about a new skill we're trying to learn. You don't want someone just like, if I can throw a ball to you five feet away, right? Or, or I can sink a basket into a basketball hoop, right? If I just keep sinking the exact same shot, exact same distance, you know, no one's bugging me, you know, no one distracting me and you never add any variety or any increased challenge, right? You add another opponent, you could just go further, you know, you could, you know, not be able to stand, you know, you're going to pass to me and then I'm going to throw. So these are like basketball examples are maybe more rigid than cycling. But if you think about cycling again, like if you're just doing the same thing and it's never changing or progressing it's never like pushing you to that that limit then it's hard right or vice versa you know if you're always banging your head like i think that's the other thing when we're talking about bad workouts what i see in like the zwift or the no plan not that you have to get a plan but no like again undulation of your intensity and volume um it's just that like every day is a race yeah and you also see this occasionally with testing if someone has a test that didn't go you know, exactly how they wanted it to, the the common thing is like, oh, I'll do it again tomorrow. Right. Which uh, rarely goes super well. Yeah. And when I think about critical moments, that's, I like to test, but I try and encourage that the testing is just, you know, eight out of 10. If that, if you're stressed about it, but the idea is we're trying to get ready to perform on a certain day in a certain way. There's a certain set of rules but it doesn't really like I'm, I'm not someone who's that stressed. You know, we like to see the numbers improving over time. That's part of the reason we standardize and test. But to me, a lot of the benefit is just being a little nervous and, you know, putting it on the line, you know, was what we call performance on demand. So to me, I'm very hesitant to ever say like, yeah, retest tomorrow, right? It doesn't even just if you were a real stickler for testing, right? It's not usually you do that when you're sort of recovered and you wouldn't really test multiple days especially the same thing, right? We, we go back and we start training again to get better next time, right? 
And this is where the attention to the intervals helps make the testing better. And then if the testing goes better, then hopefully your your racing, your performing goes better, right? Or just when you're in a group ride, right? You're able to perform on Saturday morning when people are watching and judging and everything else, right? There's the social element. So that's the idea is, is just using your training to prepare for the thing. Right. And I think as far as mindset goes, the other thing that kind of comes to mind is the, the reframe of the bad workout or, you know, the, the workout that feels bad. And so I was, I was actually kind of having this the past couple of days, you know, I've been on the treadmill and, and doing my workouts and, you know, I put in, I put that into my, my comments, just like, uh, treadmill. And my coach was like, Oh, like, you know, you're taking this really well, but like you can complain here if you want. And then I started thinking about it, like preparing my complaint for today you know, the Glassford stole all the fans complaint. Um, and then I thought about it and I pretty quickly realized, I mean, a, a year ago, we wouldn't have actually even had a treadmill in our condo. Like that was kind of a happenstance, like awesome thing that we happened to get a treadmill like 14 months ago or something. Um, and, you know, that treadmill is letting me continue to run even when the weather isn't great or even when, you know, we're supposed to be staying home, um, I can still get my run in. So honestly, what, what do I have to complain about? I just watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer for an hour and a half and, and did my workout. Um, yeah, I think that's reality for all of us, right, is that it should be enjoyable, the thing we're doing. Yeah, and I mean, even beyond that, you know, if I'm outside running and my, my intervals are kind of sucking and I, I'm not really having the best time and I'm starting to feel like, oh, this is a bad workout. The second I start thinking about like all of the people who can't necessarily do the workout that I'm doing or, you know, whether it's they live in a place where the weather is inclement or they're stuck inside or, you know, they, they just aren't in shape to be running like any number of reasons. Like I get to be out doing this. Right. Um, so I often kind of just remind myself, I get to be doing this. You know, the same is true, whether you're in the basement on Zwift Island or, you know, you're running up a mountain or you're, you know, just doing like a five minute yoga flow wherever you're at. Like we get to do this. Yeah. And you've talked about the, you know, you, you could go home, and be on the couch and cuddle your puppy, but trying to tell yourself that that isn't actually an option. Like if you go home, you have to, you know, scrub the toilets or get back to work or whatever it is, you know, hundred percent. So, yeah. So sometimes it's like a comparison. Um, and I was reflecting, you know, one thing I really like on the rollers is I, if I start getting bored or, you know, my hips are getting grumpy or something, I'll get off and do some strength, you know, so kettlebell swings were the thing I was doing today. And so kettlebell swing gets hard after, you know, I have a pretty heavy kettlebell, so it's like 10 and I'm pretty much over it. So then you have to get back on the rollers. And, and to me, it actually makes it where at first, you know, it's like 10 minutes is like a struggle. But then I'm like, eh, you know, I think I could probably stay on for 12 because I'm not sure I want to go and swing that kettlebell again. So it's almost like that comparison of if I compare it to cuddling on the on the couch, it's not nearly as good. But if it's, you know, trying to play around with like, yeah, you're scrubbing toilets because the toilets need to get done. So if you're not going to be out, you know, training, then you, you can scrub toilets. So sometimes it's, again, like a mental gymnastics, you almost have to play. Yeah, this this brings to, to mind the Dave Herford, you know, good day of or a bad day of vacation beats a good day at work. Right. Yeah. Even if it's it's raining at the beach or something. I recognize that is not made up by my dad, but it's it's a thing that he often says and. Yeah, I mean, a bad day of training beats... I think they say a bad day on the bike 
is better than a good day at work or something. There's people yeah. who say that at least. I don't know if that's something. That's basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the idea. Um, where else are we going here? I feel like there was a couple other. Uh, maybe we'll just mention in, on Facebook, I was talking to some people and they were talking about like getting going on Zwift and maybe following a training plan, you know, online training plan that's probably similar with Peloton. And it's, it probably works well for a lot of people, right? Who, especially if we're more on the exercising, just trying to stay fit and keep, you know, do something every day, just getting started. Uh, and, and what I said was a, the fans, we've talked about that to nauseum today, but also thinking about how can you add variety into that, you know, change your focus, change, you know, what you're doing day to day. And this might not be that much dissimilar to how we do it outside, which is one of my favorite things to ask when there's any sort of issues with workouts is how would you do this outside? because right? it should be the same indoors on a trainer. In fact, should be easier than outdoors. But so I said, you know, on Zwift, on these virtual things, you can do a long climb. You know, you could do some sort of easier group ride, right? And this doesn't often occur to people, but this idea that you could sign up for a group ride that's well below your power to weight, which everyone now knows power to weight uh, because of Zwift. And so, you know, just if you're a four watts per kg person, sign up for a two watts per kg ride endurance, and just sit in, right? And I think when we're thinking about, oh, I want to get better at Zwift racing, everyone bashes their head against, you know, I want to get from B to A. This is similar outdoors, honestly. You know, they want to get up to the next level. They want to upgrade a category. And they're just banging their head against, like, I'm trying to do the A and I keep getting dropped. I'm doing the B and, you know, I'm attacking off the front. For the record, this is not point A to point B. This is, like, the A group, which a group. is, like, the fast yeah. group. Yeah, Ex like expert and novice or whatever. You're they, Again, I don't want to be, like, partial to Zwift or anything here. Um, and, I, again, it applies outside. But the best cyclists generally ride pretty easy a lot of the time. This is our cliche, right? This is Steven Seiler was on talking about um, the myth of, uh, what is that called? No pain, no gain. Right. This idea that every day we need to be bashing our head against the intervals, the strength training, the maxing out, the failing, the bad workout. And what we're proposing is that you shift it and have an undulating focus, an undulating intensity, an undulating uh, volume, right? Just your stimulus of what you're focusing on and what you're doing changes day to day, right? And so today I'm focused on volume. I don't care how intense it is. The focus was on volume, right? So if I feel a little slow, a little poor, that's fine. That was expected. So in, where was I going with that? In the group ride, you could go in an easier group ride, sit in and learn how it works, right? You can still do group riding outside. In Zwift, there's a skill to learning how the group works. Learn, watch, watch how the group, you know, where do the attacks go, right? There's a skill to all that and you can learn it. But it, it's hard to learn when you're you know, at your limit and falling off the back. So, again, this is the idea where whatever it is you want to get better at, you can do it, but try and undulate what you're focusing on. Awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the, the last thing we really wanted to add about this is just sort of to what you were just saying. If every workout feels like it's a bad workout, you know, whether it feels that way mentally or it feels that way physically – you know, something, something has to change if even after we've said all this, even well, after you've tried some reframing and all of you, that, you've logged things, you've, you know, you're, you're trying to undulate, you know, if you're finding that you're still struggling and, and feeling poor, right. That's often if, if the feeling's poor and you know, at some point numbers matter, you know, if you're seeing plateau, you're seeing regression in whatever metrics you're tracking along with a poor feeling and it's not getting better Then you know, this is where have you taken off days, like actually off days, off your, your, the, the thing you do? Have you taken an off week? 
you know, this is in this age of no racing and no traveling, right? A lot of people are just like, no, I've been going every day. Haven't missed a day, you know, since March. Yeah, streaks are all well and good until such time as... Yeah, so my usual rule for myself is that if it's two days where I have a poor feeling and it's like sort of unexpected, like you sort of get to that next, you know, we talked about high-low off, so I take my off day, maybe I do an easy spin, still feeling, you know, and, and grumpy. You're watching symptoms, like are you grumpy, are you sore, are you tired? Um, and then you get to the high day and it doesn't go, like it's just hard, you know, to make the intervals go right then that's you know you, you got it that's where you started like the two days the three days that's where it's starting to get longer and you need to take some sort of action right and again that might be consulting with someone that might be just an off week you know it might be actually taking an off day if you were you know as i said you know maybe you went for a spin maybe your spins are too hard um you know just looking at you know things like fueling again we're still solution focused mindset but if the solutions you've come up with aren't working then you know, again, you look at how can we make more of these effective? How can they help us move towards our goal? How can we move a bad workout towards, you know, a good learning opportunity? Well, and frankly, you know, from my own experience, sometimes the bad workout thing comes because you're you're sort of in the wrong sport for you. You well, know, this is like, getting very chronic and big picture, I know, for sure. I know, but like, yeah, if if you clicked on this episode because you're like, oh my gosh, every workout I have is a bad workout, you know, it might be that you know, maybe time trial is not your sport, but gravel is. Yeah, or... even discipline, right? We don't need to be so dire that we're, we're completely sure, but you could be right, right? It could be like, well, that's almost where the journaling is like, go back and find the last workout that was good, you know, by your own description. And and again, I would focus more on feeling and enjoyment than super on, you know, wattage or performance, but I think that's relevant. Like, when did you feel really good, competent, perhaps? You know, what when did you finish the workout feeling energized? And this gets to intensity sometimes. Sometimes I think we just need to have what I call unremarkable workouts where we just, you know, I finished my 90 minutes today. No one's impressed. But, you know, I felt better getting off the bike. And this is what Dan Cleaver, we started talking about him, but that's what he talks about is these practice days where they're not the, the he calls them hot days or high intensity, you know, focus days. The other days, the practice days should be very skill focused and should generally make you feel better by the end right so if we reflect then in your line of thinking okay the only time i feel good and energized is when i go running you know and i really like the run group i like running in this context i'm in currently in life then that might be an answer and i found this in cyclocross season as much as i love cyclocross i always like I, i'm a mountain biker and what i always found was i would miss all the fall mountain biking that usually is fun and unstructured and there's no races so we just go ride and i get to ride with people more and so I, the couple of years I did cyclocross full gas, I did meet Molly. going to say, um, And there was some good adventures in there. But, you know, often I don't mountain bike at all or very much. We're traveling, you know, you're trying to spend time on that drop bar cross bike. And then I realized, you know, I'd get to November, you know, no, late November, December, and I'd be like, I think I'm going to have to quit the sport. Like, just stop racing. And it was like, no, I just haven't mountain biked in like three or four months. It's like, well, that's the thing. Like, if I can jump over some logs and skid, I'm super happy, right? Like, that's essentially what I do. So, you know, okay, well, I just go back and I do, oh, good. <laughs> okay, things are okay. I just needed to stop riding road bikes for a while. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, those are maybe two personal stories. But then, you know, checking in on that, when things become 
longer term, I don't want to say chronic, that sounds extreme, but you know, if it's going on for a while, you know, how can we reframe, how can we change, right? And that's again, solution focused mindset. How can we look at some next steps to, you know, even try, right? It doesn't have to be just try, don't, don't ride for a week, right? (laughs) We used to take transition weeks in normal times here, right? Where we would race and then take a whole week off and lock things up, you know? So I think that's worth closing on maybe is just, you know, just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about how your workouts can be more focused, how they can be, you know, transition from bad to good, right? And that's ultimately, again, we said bad was in quotation marks, but the idea being that, like, you know, you're training, you're, you're working your way towards something. I think actually the last thing I want to maybe end on here is that if every workout was just bland, like just okay, like or not even okay, just you checked it off, what fun would that be? Right. Like, but not every workout's going to be amazing. And, you know, hopefully not every workout's going to suck, but I feel like life kind of needs that series of highs and lows and ups and downs, you know, the bad workouts make you appreciate the good workouts. Right. And if every workout was just kind of a blah 45 minute thing, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You would just be putting in your 45 minutes on the elliptical every day to like avoid weight gain. And right. That would be about it. So, yeah, in a lot per, of ways. Per, per, perhaps <laughs> it is. Perhaps it's looking at things, almost this polarized thing, right? The the bad days help you earn those really good days, maybe, is, is one way of sort of getting through some of the, the rougher days, right? Exactly. All right. On that note, you can read a ton more about all of this kind of stuff, including some rock slide habits around your gear in our newest book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete. Uh, Or if you are questioning your own training, you can book a consult. You can head over to consummateathlete.com and check that out. Uh, DW is clearly getting a little bored with us, so we are going to go take him out now. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us bring on, you know, great new guests. And yeah, we'd also love to hear from you. You can find us on the interwebs um, at consummateathlete.com, at consummateathlete on Instagram. uh, And I am at Molly J. Herford on Instagram and Twitter. And Peter is at Peter Glassford. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.